From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 458. Today's show is brought to you by NetSuite, Squarespace, and ZocDoc. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by Federico Vatici. Ciao, Federico. Ciao, ciao, Mike. How are you? I'm good. I was trying to uh, emulate your energy when you introduce the show. So that's why I liked it, because it was like, yes. I was aiming for your like, very like, hey, we're here and we're a podcast and there's nothing you it's, can do about it. That's kind of like the energy. The beginning of the show, the beginning of the show should have the same feeling of you being like at the, at the train station, just sort of staring stra- straight ahead. And then a high speed train sort of passes. <laughs> okay, I didn't know what the word is It's like from, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you imagine yeah. from really. It's like, that's it's like it goes mental. past you, but you yes. get swept up and you're on the train. You didn't mm. even yeah. want to be on and the train, so, but you're, you're on of, it. You're sort of flying on. Yes. Um, okay. uh, we're also joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen. Conductor. <laughs> Conductor Hackett. <laughs> I feel. I think the conductor has an announcement for the passengers. I do. Dear passengers, this is the final warning call for the 2024 Apple History Wall Calendar. If you were looking for the Apple History Wall Calendar for 2024, please exit at the next stop. Next stop, give me your money, <laughs> right? <laughs> Next stop, money back station. I feel like I want to break out of the show for a second to just... I think people need to understand that absolutely zero of that was planned and that the three yeah. of us are, are, are podcast geniuses. <laughs> None of this was planned. Like, we just... Stephen, and I got to seriously take my hat off to you there. Yes. <laughs> that was well very clever. <laughs> Bravo, Stephen. No, I'm actually... I'm actually wondering do you improvise train announcements much in your life because that was almost too good yeah. to be have you improvised ever been on a train <laughs> actually <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that is too good to be improvised honestly I, i've never been in like a real train but i've been in i've been in i've, I've used the tube a bunch and i've been in london so wait why you've never been in a real oh because you don't have trains in america not really not in my part of america wow because i was just like it was very good but like yeah there's no trains there there is a train but it just gets in your way that's what it does there is the train that's always in my way if you follow me on instagram yeah i would very much like there's a train that runs it's like chicago memphis and then it goes to new orleans and i would love to take it it's overnight to new orleans and i would love to do that sometime for like a weekend but it's gonna mardi gras haven't made it happen yeah you want to go yeah you definitely wouldn't want to go to mardi gras no that's not not my scene (laughs) you could uh you could Take the midnight train and go anywhere. You take the midnight train to Georgia. I didn't know there was a train station in Memphis, honestly. Yeah, it's downtown. It's Amtrak. There you go. You learn something new every day. But, but anyway, anyway. Anyways. Yes. The Kickstarter. If you were listening to this live, you have about 22 hours left. If you're listening to it after I publish it, you have until Friday, July 14th at 1044 a.m. Eastern to... Back the Kickstarter, and I would love it if you did. Go go check it out. Time is you should go of the essence. It really is. If you don't get off at this stop, I don't. I can't tell you what happens to the train after that. You know, just train derails <laughs> into a pile of packing materials. <laughs> Everyone, nobody makes it. That's the end. Oh, it's so sad. You must back. If if you don't back now, the train will derail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to save all the passengers, go to Kickstarter. Please do. It's the first link in the show notes. Thank you very much. We have just uh, a little, it's not really follow-up. It's like follow forward. It's about something we're going to talk about in the future. Follow forward? Follow, follow forward. Follow forward? 
Follow forward. Follow, follow, follow forward. forward. Follow forward. Uh, Keith Brony, the person who is now uh, running Emojipedia, he uh, beat Jeremy in a sword fight and took over, I think is how that how that went. Oh, new Jeremy. Sure. Okay. New Jeremy. Uh, Federico, you can't look at this, but Keith has a... Oh, I guess it's too late. I clicked the link. Now my family's dead. My family's dead. It's. Yep. I clicked the link. Trained, yep. That train derailed. The emoji train derailed. It literally says, don't look, Tichi, right above I the link. I didn't click it. I didn't click notes. it. So this is a preview of what will be coming in new emoji over the next several months. We will play the Jeremys as we always do and as I always forget on uh, the episode that coincides with Apple's announcement of the emoji that they'll be uh, adding in, you know, iOS 17, you know, 0.3 or 0.4 at some point. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to play yet, but we always get questions. And I just want to, maybe Mike, maybe you and I can do a uh, a recreation of our of our conversation this morning in Slack. Yes. If you want to open yeah, that up. That. So yep. 9.52 a.m., I just put a link in to this blog post on Emojipedia. Oh, hello. I never remember when we play the game. When Apple announces, I knew you were going to say this. You do it every time. <laughs> I like the fake laugh that it was good. Uh, ha, put ha, it in, ha. Uh, ha, ha, ha. And then I said, put it in the document or something. When Apple has their images is when we do it. Oh, man, it's literally in there. LOL. I kind of... I kind of will pay for an audiobook of you two reading your chats <laughs> this is very captivating content i gotta this say this is how we communicate every single time when this happens both when emojipedia show that when there's any articles and then when apple also shows steven always has to ask me when do we play the game he can never remember so at some point he put it in a document and now he's forgot that he put it in the document federico can you uh Take your headphones off for like 10 seconds. I think we should read the rest of this because I want to get to my joke, Mike. But he can't okay, hear it. Okay, I'm, I'm actually... I'm actually, Okay, all right, cool. I took them off. All right, go, Mike. Pretty pretty small list this time. Lime is the real winner. I am very excited about that. It is needed. It was literally low-hanging fruit. And then I will now give the... This is what my emoji was. <laughs> Federico can come back. Does he know this? I don't know. Maybe we text him. Federico, text him. come back. Hey. Come back. Are you done? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In like October, you can go back and listen to that. You just texted me, come back. <laughs> yeah. 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 Come back. Wow. Come back. Come back. Uh, I have some Shazam follow-up. Like the movie? The movie, yes. Yeah, Fury of the Gods. The, the hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. No, Shazam the app. It can now recognize music from inside of other applications. So open Shazam, hit hit the button, switch to the app that there was music in, Instagram, TikTok, or whatever. You're like, what is that song on this Instagram reel? Shazam continues to listen. Then you go back to the application, and it tells you what was playing. Wait, wasn't this the... Like, Shazam Control Center can do this already. I mean, maybe. Shazam Control Center, like, I think it was two years ago or last year. So the Shazam thing in Control Center, it can listen to audio from apps. Okay. But now I now I guess the the main Shazam. This is in the main app. Like I, I didn't I didn't remember. That okay, about so now Center, the but main. This app is an can update to the app itself, so you can open the app, press the button, um, go to another one, come back. Oh, that's cool because like maybe Weird. some people don't know about the Control Center integration. So yeah, that makes sense. Maybe Shazam forgot. 
or that, sure. And they were like, oh, we have a good idea for a feature. And they already built it, but they forgot. I use it. I only use it through Control Center. I don't even think I have the app installed. I use it with Siri. Oh, yeah. I always forget you could do that, right? Because you can I ask, like, what's, what's playing. So, or... what's playing? Or, like, well, I said, like, what's this song? Because what's playing would be weird. I was like, what is this song? And then it just listens. Yeah, I use the Control Center thing all the time because, like, I always feel very uh subconscious about sort of talking to siri in english while i'm in public in italy i whisper to siri so you whisper to siri you should try that mm. yeah i always whisper yeah you always whisper to siri into my phone i'm like turn on the lights you do, why because <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> weird like you're in the room on your own someone else is in the house and you're like ah! you know like what do you say <laughs> yeah. oh i didn't say anything you know, it's like just I'm like not whole talking thing. to you and talk. You know, mm. So I just, I just whisper to Siri. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about Siri in in the next topic because I have some oh. follow up questions, but they make more sense, I guess, um, when we talk about iOS 17. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Netsuite. Being a business owner or working closely with business owners means knowing your numbers. If your business earns millions or maybe even tens of millions in revenue, stop what you're doing and take a listen. Because NetSuite by Oracle has just rolled out their best offer. NetSuite gives you the visibility and the control you need to make better decisions faster. And for the first time in NetSuite's 22 years as the number one cloud financial system, you can defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. That's no payment and no interest for six months, and you can take advantage of this special financing offer today. So why are NetSuite number one? Well, they give your business everything you need in real time, all in one place to reduce manual processes, boost efficiency, build forecast, and increase productivity across every department. Having all the information you need in one place makes it much easier to make good decisions. I know as a business owner what a difference that can make and how much easier everything operates when information is available. It really does mean that smart decisions can be made faster. NetSuite is offering an unprecedented offer to make this all possible for you and your business. More than 36,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, and they've gained visibility and control over their financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. If you've been sizing NetSuite up to make the switch, then you know this deal is unprecedented. No interest and no payments. So take advantage of this special financing offer today at netsuite.com connected. That's N-E-T- S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com slash connected. There you can get the visibility and the control you need to weather any storm. Our thanks to NetSuite for their support of the show and Relay FM. It's public beta season. The public betas are available. We're on developer beta 3. Uh, we're on developer beta 3 remastered, I think, is probably what they call it now. Yeah, 3HD. <laughs> yes. 3HD because there was a second release. Um, yeah, you of, don't want to uh, get the first. You don't want to get beta three regular. That's that's the that. You know? Or maybe the original one is like the hipster beta now. Nah, nah, nah. So we're on developer beta three, uh, and th- that includes the public betas for all of the platforms: um, Mac OS, Watch OS, iPad OS, iOS, uh, Mac rumors. Uh, Mac rumors, your Mac stories, Mac stories, and six yes, colors. Yes, my website, Mac rumors. Yeah, Mac rumors. Yes. Uh, Federico Rossigno is here. 
Yes, uh, from Mac Rumors. Mac Stories and Six Colors both had big roundups of all of the features. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the pleasure of being joined by Federico, who wrote about iOS and iPadOS. Hello. I would say I loved your article, Federico. The vibes are good, and that makes me happy to know you're happy. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's, it's, it's much better than last year. Uh, the, that, the article made me feel like I can finally breathe again, in terms of, obviously in terms of like the kind of content that I write in the summer. I don't ever want to feel like last summer ever again. Um, that was not pleasant at all, especially when moving to a new place. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that you liked it. What do you want to talk about with iOS uh, and iPadOS? You all have the betas installed now, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. On your phone. Okay. So I didn't I didn't touch upon this in my story because I'm saving like it's impossible to talk about every single feature in a preview for the public beta. So I sort and of also you gotta hold something for the review. Like you know, just like yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So before we talk about the the actual stuff that I wrote about, let me ask you, have you played around at all with the new contacts uh contact posters features and the new airdrop stuff i've only had the contact poster thing crash when i try to set it up so i haven't gotten very far with that same same here yeah i've i've set it up but i'm not happy with mine i don't think it looks very good like the, the image that i'm using now which is one of the ones that apple provide like took of us at wwdc like it just is not a very good image for that so i need to play around with it i'm also a little bit confused as to how to like select what information I want to be shared with people. Like mm-hmm. I'm a little bit puzzled by that. Yeah, I set, I set mine, like I tried to set mine up and it crashed. Then I did it again, but I just selected my Memoji and I don't think it's a particularly effective content poster. So I got to redo it. And the airdrop stuff, I really wanted to try, but um, it's impossible to do it if you don't have somebody else on the iOS 17 beta. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm guessing that up. So it's either gonna go that I'm gonna get a second iPhone and put iOS 17 on it, or I will sneak the iOS 17 public beta on Sylvia's phone. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Wait, what about your special iPod iPhone? Well, but I gotta keep something on 16 for the comparisons. Why? For the comparisons. Uh, 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 uh. What about having? Uh, what about having an iPad? Can't you just do it to the iPad? Yeah, yeah, I guess I'll I'll do that. <laughs> you didn't think about that till I said it, did you? <laughs> I didn't think about that. I, but I will it work fi- though? Well, like with but the, will it work? With the because you want the phone kind of stuff? Exactly. I want to do mm. the phone to phone, the the bump thing. So so you need instead of day phone, night phone, you need send phone, receive phone. Uh-huh. I I need I need morning, afternoon, and night phones. I need three oh. of them. It's it's <laughs> the next step. Music phone. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many phones. iPod it's phone, the next phone, logical phone. step in, in the collection of iPhones is to break it up by morning, afternoon, and evening, like Apple does in reminders. Um, you gotta have three of them. Uh, and John, we have one true John, real-time feedback. The airdrop thing does not work from iPad to iPhone. Wait, is he just texting you and not us? Yeah, Johnny's upset with you both. Oh no, what did we do? I don't know. I just made it up. Okay. Uh, but it will be at some point, and in, when it happens, I'll be correct. Um, 
<laughs> well, that we will upset him. Well, I mean, everybody upsets somebody at some point, right? Wow. Um, I feel like you're, of all of the three of us. Risky pick, man. Of the three of us, you <laughs> are the most likely to upset John, I feel like. He texted you, you know what you did. Yeah, well, so, I think he's saying that to you, personally. No, no, no. It's, you know what you did. Uh, anyway, anyway, so maybe I'll get a third iPhone. Maybe not. We'll see. Hmm. Um, <laughs> of course. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but so the a big chunk of my story was sort of dedicated to widgets um, and this idea of widgets everywhere in iOS 17 and not only widgets everywhere but interactive widgets so we have widgets on the home screen on the lock screen on the watch obviously and in standby and all of these type of widgets support interactions as I wrote in my story, I kind of feel like three years ago when iOS 14 came out and in the summer, I had so much fun sort of trying to understand all these different options and combinations for widgets while also waiting for third-party developers to come out with their widgets. And now I feel like I've been waiting for this moment of widgets gaining some form of interactivity. And now they have that. And even the few examples, like the few third-party examples that I have now, like those have been so useful that I cannot even begin to imagine when it's September and realistically every single app that I have on my phone is going to have some kind of interactive widget. How am I going to decide how many home screens I want to have, how many widgets I want to use? And it's a great problem to have, right? Because it means you have such a great feature that you really want to use it. I, I feel like I'm going to have to redo all of it again because I've already just like having used it for a couple of days. I have like a whole different screen now with. Yes. So yeah, I, I'm in that. I'm, like, and I have so few apps that even have it, right? So I feel you completely. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe I'm going to use Stacks now, um, which is something that I, I think I, you have to. It, it's something that I never really did, but I guess I have to at this point, especially because like, the, for example, small widgets now, the, 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 Square ones on the, the little widget, the the little widget, little, <laughs> little widget <laughs> now supports multiple touch yep. targets. Yeah. So, like for example, Apple did a small shortcuts folder widget that shows you two shortcuts instead of just one, and that's much better. I mean. Realistically, they could even show four. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it too. Because that's as small as the HomeKit one. Yeah. Like the HomeKit one, you could put Great four point. in one. So why can't I, I put think, four widgets? Uh, I four, think little, four shortcuts I in a widget. Little widget can do it. You know, you can, you can we give believe it four in you, shortcuts. Little, <laughs> little widget can do it. You can give it four <laughs> shortcuts and it'll be like, sure, I'll do it. Yep. But yeah, so the, the small widgets, I think they lend themselves really well uh, to stacks, just sort of flipping through. Like, for example, the home widget that you mentioned, it's a small one and it's got four accessories, which I've been using a lot. Mm. Um, and then the, there's standby. And I kind of wanted to get a feel from you. Like, how, how, now that you have the beta, have you been using it much? I have tried it out and set it up. Like, I don't have any charging solutions, right? So, like, I just have to plug my phone in because I don't have any docs or whatever right ah, because you are yeah because you are you have you have the magsafe conspiracy theory going on i'm annoyed how much i like it because i now know it's going to cause me some problems like i need to buy some some stands because this is a fantastic feature like a truly excellent feature like the only third-party app that i have that supports it is timery and just that mm -hmm. alone is superb 
like yeah superb as for standby I, I like it too. I do have a upright version of Studio Neat's Material Doc uh, at my desk, and I've just started putting my phone in there in landscape. And it's it's kind of like off in the corner of my desk, but these widgets are huge, right? It's kind of designed to like see from across the room. So I have a clock and I have the weather, and I love it. Like it's I, I still want it on an iPad. I still think this is really useful in other contexts other than just the phone. But it's pretty good on the phone. I'm, I am, I thought it would be a little gimmicky, but I'm sold. Like I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I think for me personally, um, it makes a lot of sense as a desk companion, like having timery off on the side, and you can start and stop a timer there, or just having a calendar for reference. I think it's really useful. And I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a, a, a fun, a fun story. Uh, which I was supposed to save for, you know, private conversation time, but I guess whatever. Um, so, Standby has this feature called, in theory, uh, MagSafe Memory, where it should remember the standby configuration for each charger that you have. And this only works with MagSafe, because MagSafe chargers have a unique ID, right, associated with them. They support some basic data transmission effectively, which is also why, for example, when you attach a MagSafe case to your phone, you see the color of the case in the animation, right, on your phone. That's the sort of data that the iOS can take from a MagSafe certified accessory. Qi accessories, like regular wireless chargers, do not have this kind of feature. They do not have an ID that iOS can recognize. With MagSafe and standby, this memory feature looks at the ID of a charger and in theory should remember, for example, I see that on the charger that you have in the kitchen, you want to have a calendar and a music widget. But I see that on the nightstand, you prefer to use the clock page of standby. And in theory, as you place your phone on different chargers, the right page and the right widget configuration for the first page, in case you use that, should come up automatically. So, standby should remember the page you're using, and if you're using the widget page, which widgets you're using, sort of as default, mm -hmm. on the charger. This feature hasn't been working for me at all in the public beta, and I'm guessing that the problem is that I have those cubes, the anchor, MagSafe cubes. So these are certified, right? They are MagSafe sort of official. And it's not working at all. And so I've sort of been trying to work it out with Apple. Hey, what's going on here? Uh, and I didn't know this, but in iOS 17, when you place your phone on a MagSafe charger, and if you go into settings, general, about, after a few seconds with the phone being placed on the charger, you will get details about the charger from the settings app. Hmm. So let's see if it works now. I'm going into, so I place my phone on the cube. Um, in theory, and this doesn't always work, which I guess is the problem. Uh, in theory, if I go into settings, it should give me the, uh, so settings general about, it should recognize the charger, and of course it doesn't. So see, this, this is the problem that I'm having now. iOS 17 beta doesn't always recognize a MagSafe charger. Um, so standby comes up, but it doesn't remember any settings. But when it, I guess at some point it'll start working 
when it does, that should be pretty cool, right? That standby will remember sort of, hey, on this charger, I know that you like to use such and such page, but on this other one... But it requires MagSafe certification. It requires MagSafe certification because hmm. when it works, when this page appears in settings, it'll tell you the name of the charger, like the manufacturer of the charger, the ID, and the firmware version of the charger. So, uh, but yeah, this is only for MagSafe certified accessories. So if you have one of these chargers that doesn't charge at full speed, it's not going to work. And people get confused. Like I asked about this on threads and I got exactly the kind of replies I knew I was going to get. Like I asked for a MagSafe official sort of MagSafe certified chargers and people just respond with MagSafe compatible, which is a different thing, right? MagSafe compatible is not MagSafe. MagSafe compatible is nothing. It's just cheat charging with a magnet. MagSafe compatible yeah. is nothing. Exactly. It's like saying I am soccer compatible, but like I don't play soccer, but in theory I could. <laughs> no. In theory, you have all the parts. In theory, I have all the, yes, I have all the body parts necessary for being soccer compatible, but I'm not soccer certified, you know? And that's the difference. Who certifies you? Like FIFA? Like who does that? FIFA, sure, yes. <laughs> FIFA. Okay. Referee, yes. Oh, get, referee, yes, directly. Interesting. Um, anyway, so the, in theory, when that starts working, should be pretty cool. And it's also another another reason why I am convinced that I want MagSafe on the iPad now. Like they should just do it. Just I've seen the, I've seen the light. They should do it. A couple of quick things before we move on. One. When they made MagSafe and like they decided each one would have its own ID, like what a good move if this feature wasn't on the map already. Maybe it was, but that's very clever. More importantly, though, I have discovered, and maybe this was talked about, I missed it, but it's news to me. When the iPhone is in landscape and it's in this standby mode, you have to authenticate with Face ID to change the widgets and Face ID works horizontally on the phone now. I don't yeah, know when that... Oh, it has for a while. Has it? They, oh. they added it last year or two okay. years ago. I have this yeah. problem where I cannot differentiate between 2021 and 2022. No one can. Yes. I will that's say it doesn't work very well. Like, it's not as reliable. Like, I found that, right? Like, the, the landscape one misses me more it's than the portrait It's worse than one. the portrait. Yeah. And also, it's kind of weird. I don't know. How do you guys feel about when you uh, editing standby requires being in standby mode. That's a little annoying because I want my phone in my hand, not on the dock. Yes, yes. Yeah. And when you try to edit it and Face ID comes up, very often my thumb is covering the camera. Yes, <laughs> And <yeah>. it fails. <laughs> and so, yeah, that fails. Um, before we move on to the next uh, section of the betas, um, just one thing I want to say. Because Mike said sort of the vibes are good in my story, just how happy I am with iPadOS this year, even though it doesn't do all the things I wanted, right? In, um, iPadOS 17, for example, does not have anything for audio, um, for recording podcasts and all of that. Um, but just the fact that they listen to feedback for Stage Manager for keyboard shortcuts, for like some very fundamental problems of Stage Manager. That makes me so happy. And just working with it, again, even without the podcasting-related features and even without clamshell mode, which I do believe will happen before 
any sort of audio interface mm-hmm. um, but it's still it's still it feels so much nicer and i kind of feel like if only they listened last year right could have saved me all the trouble um but i guess sometimes you gotta go through the process right to 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 ship something that faces a lot of criticism and you gotta listen and go back and fix a few things and that Maybe maybe that's part of the process, and every once in a while that needs to happen, and it happened this time. But now in seventeen, I'm very happy. And and we should say it came up in the the Discord that if you're running a phone without an always on display, you have to uh, tap the display to see the clock and widgets and stuff. Honestly, I'm surprised that it's on them. That I, I in my mind, I just figured it was an always on display phone feature only. I mean, I'm glad they they brought it backwards. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I yeah. could have seen a word where they didn't <laughs> pretty pretty easily. But very last thing, columns in reminders and internal links in notes, and sections in reminders lists, which is something that Things has and Todoist has now. I think, but I think it's really useful. Like if you have a really big project, you could have instead of a list for like each section of the project, you can have just little dividers and reminders, and those get translated into columns in the uh, that new like Kanban view. Very cool stuff in, in both of those apps. My my pitch for Apple is to take the people who work on reminders, notes, and freeform, mm-hmm. put them together in a room, and tell them fix mail. Yeah, just those people <laughs> take those people. 100, 200, I don't know how many they are, but they obviously do excellent work. They do. So you take them so you take them all together, you put them in a room of the ring or like you give them the fitness center or whatever and you're like you have, you know, a year to reimagine the mail app. Honestly, I think it's a pretty good strategy they should do it. Yeah, those those teams and I think those teams have a lot of overlap uh with an Apple, but yeah. That's really like some of the most exciting work happening an Apple yes. software anywhere. We've talked a lot about this on on Mac Power users over the last year, that Apple's really taken their productivity suite very seriously over the last couple of years. And, and really, if you roll back the clock, Notes has been taken seriously since like, was it iOS 9 and LCAP where like it, it finally got its own sync engine and started getting good? Mm. They are re- like, these apps make noticeable improvements every couple of years. And it makes me sad for the other apps that don't. Mostly mail, because like you said, it's right there. Like it's in the same sort of vibe of productivity and it, it doesn't get the love the others do. It's a little bit sad. One thing on the iPad I just want to I want to touch on um, is the you've you talked about the changes to stage manager. Could you be a little spe- little specific about what those changes are and what they mean to you? So there's a the, the, so the core changes to how window windows work. Um, if you're recalling iPadOS 16, Stage Manager was very um, opinionated about the sizing of windows and the placement of windows, um, and both of those things have changed in 17. Meaning, the way windows are resized in Stage Manager for iPad is still similar to last year in that you're effectively switching between predetermined size classes for apps. But it almost feels like you have more options, like more steps in between 
for resizing a window now than you had last year. Uh, so you have more flexible sizing options in 17 compared to 16. But more importantly, I think, you have a lot more freedom when it comes to placing a window on screen and the window staying there where you want it. Last year, you would pick up a window, drag it somewhere, let go, and it would move from underneath your cursor. Like it would, The system would say, uh, yeah, I see that you place it here, but I'm just going to move it there because I think that's the sort of optimal placement for you. And that drove me crazy last year. Uh, and, and I know that it's one of the most common criticisms from, from people who try to use Stage Manager coming from a desktop computing environment. That's changed in 17. Now, when you pick up a window and you drag it somewhere, 90% of the time it stays there. And I'm excluding that 10% because the, the system, Stage Manager, still tries to very subtly optimize the workspace for you. And I think this year they have reached a much better balance for this idea. The idea being that on the iPad, Apple tries really hard to not hide windows that are behind other windows, right? This is the pr problem of the traditional multi-windowing environment of macOS. You open a bunch of windows and it's easy to lose track of them because something else is covering them. With Stage Manager last year, Apple said, we're going to limit the workspace to uh, four windows at once and Stage Manager will always try to make all windows visible at once for you so you don't lose track of them. But in doing that, they went a little too far and they overcompensated a little for this idea. And the result was Stage Manager was always moving windows for you. This year, I don't know what they did. I don't know what kind of discussions they had internally. But now, generally, when you pick up a window and you place it somewhere, it stays there. And you can do layouts now that were not allowed last year. So, for example, you make a window really small and you want to drag it all the way to the left of the screen, but then you want to pick up another window, make it slightly bigger, and place it on the very far right side of the display. Now you can do it. And it sounds obvious, right? It sounds obvious that you should be able to do this. Take a small window, place it on the left. Take a bigger window, place it on the right. Leave a gap in the middle. It sounds obvious enough. And it was not possible last year. If you tried to do this last year, this very simple layout, Stage Manager would take both windows and center them in the middle of the screen. Um, it doesn't do it anymore. And this is especially effective on an external display where you have a much bigger canvas and you're free to say, okay, I'm going to take a music window, make it a small rectangular shaped window, place it on the top left, take my Mastodon client or whatever, make it a square in the bottom right corner. And now you can do it. Um, then there's keyboard shortcuts. Uh, notably, you can now shift click uh, basically anywhere. Uh, you can shift click an icon in the dock to add the selected app to the current workspace. You can shift click in the strip on the left side for recent uh, apps. And you can shift click spotlight app results. So there's a much better sort of keyboard driven way to add 
a window to the current workspace without having to use drag and drop. And uh, that's really the core of the changes in Stage Manager. And they sound like small things, but in aggregate, and when you're actually trying to get work done, they make a, they make a big difference. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. With Squarespace, you can build a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, products, services, and even content. Squarespace has everything you need all in one place. With Squarespace, you can make the most of Fluid Engine, Squarespace's next-generation website design system, to unlock your creativity more easily than ever before. Start with a best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. You can stretch your imagination online with Fluid Engine. It's built in and ready to go on any new Squarespace site. And whether you sell physical or digital products, you can sell them with Squarespace's online store functionality. They have all the tools you need to start selling online. And your customers get flexible payment options. Checkout is seamless for your customers with simple but powerful tools. Accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and offer customers the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. I love building on Squarespace, and these new tools really are awesome. I spent some time playing with the new Fluid Engine, and it's amazing what you can do with simple drag-and-drop with Squarespace's engine. You can really make something look exactly what you had in mind. So go to squarespace.com slash connected for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash connected and use the code connected to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash connected and the code connected for that 10% off and to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the support of Connected and Relay FM. So there was also watchOS and macOS. Um, I was reading through the articles that Alex and John put together. There were a couple of things I wanted to point out that I just thought were were interesting and helped clarify some things. So I knew that like the buttons and what the buttons did on the watch had changed a bit, and Alex kind of helped explain this to me in a way that made sense. So the, to get the dock, which is like in the current version of watchOS, you press the side button and you can see you can configure it to to show you apps and they can either be recent ones or apps that you've chosen. I use this quite a lot to switch between just like the three or four apps that I use on my Apple Watch. And and I heard that they were getting rid of this because now the side button, you press it and it brings up Control Center. I'm not thrilled about that personally as like a makes sense to me. Like the idea of pressing a physical button to get to Control Center is like kind of weird to me but you press the button and you get the control center or now you can get to that dock again but you double click the crown which is fine because actually there's something about that which is quite logical to me because it feels like a kind of multitasking thing right and that that's double clicking the home button yeah there's something about that to me which i don't know that feels like it's a way to get to apps. Like I can't really explain why I feel that way, but like, yeah, okay, I see that. Cause it's like, I press that button to get to apps. So if I press it twice, I get to my open apps. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something about that logically that makes sense. Um, because it's like, there's one button to get, like to navigate between apps and the and the and the watch face and it's the crown. But now like the one of the reasons they've done all of this is because of the widgets thing. 
which is now both swiping and moving the crown to get to the widgets. Mm. For me, I feel like they should have just left the swipe where it was, like, and the swipe brought up control center, and you just use the crown for widgets. Like, I'm not, I don't really feel like it needs two ways to get to the same, um, like, piece of UI. But clearly, they want people to discover this, so they're like just throwing as many things into it as possible. Uh, I want to read a quote from Alex about the widget smart stack. So this is kind of like when you scroll up and the widgets are there. Uh, In a word, excellent. I love the smart stack, and I think this new feature will be opening up a flood of increased usage of Apple Watch apps throughout the system. Because realistically, what's going on here is it's, it's it's like the Siri watch face on steroids, right? Like, realistically, you can say, I want to use these widgets, but Apple's going to serve them to you in the way that it thinks you want except for the ones that you pin, which you also pin some to the top. I'm excited to try this out. I'm hoping that it is as useful as I want it to be. But Alex seems pretty jazzed on it. Yeah, I haven't spent a lot of time sort of playing around with watchOS 10 also because, as Alex mentioned in the story, like uh, it really comes down to the apps that we use offering widgets. And like right now, I have the music widget, the reminders one, and you know, very basic sort of built-in stuff. I think that's going to change once we have more third-party options. For example, the carrot weather widgets, right? Um, I don't even, I don't even, I'm not even sure there's any shortcuts widgets at the moment in watchOS 10. Uh, but I think I'm going to use it. I just, it's more of a problem of remembering that now I'm supposed to do that, uh, that I can scroll up to see widgets. And yeah, the reminders one has been really useful, just being able to, tap on the today on the today widget and sort of immediately see a list of my tasks due today but for example i i haven't tried the timery ones yet i know that the latest beta of timery added widgets and um i don't have any carrot widgets i'm sort of just waiting for more third party options before i really commit i guess steven how are you feeling about about this stuff of watchos I want to install it so bad. (laughs) Uh, I haven't yet. Why haven't you, if you want to do it so bad? I don't know. I just haven't. I haven't. I mean, your watch has such a big battery life. Like, what? You know what I mean? Like, the beta's not going to hurt it. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. Maybe I I jump on board. Do it. Take one for the team. I I haven't tried it, right. But I I never loved the rotate the crown and things happen on the watch face. And I just... I wonder if that's the right move because it used to. What was what that feature used to be called? Um, you could like roll back a clock face. Time travel. Go through time. Time travel. Time travel. Time, time travel. travel. And I don't know. So that was kind of a weird interaction and easily done yeah, accidentally. But you can also swipe though. Like you can just swipe. Like that's your other move. Yeah, but I I, I don't want. So what I'm trying to get to is I think I accidentally did time travel a lot, and I don't I don't want to accidentally go into widgets either. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll install it and report back next week. We'll see. Yeah, I'm super intrigued. Like, as I said at the time, like, I'm happy they're doing stuff. This wasn't exactly what I was hoping and looking for. Like, I was actually kind of hoping for something a bit more fundamental. But maybe the new design, like that new kind of like watch OS design of apps might make the whole operating system just feel different anyway. Yeah. Like some of the examples that Alex shows, like they do look really different and that is kind of cool. But... I'm holding out. I'm like, I'm reserving judgment. I do think I'm going to dig it, but it is going to take some time to get used to 
the way that this is working and and I'm I'm not 100% sold that they've set these buttons up in a way that I'm going to find pleasing. Uh, I also wanted to touch on a couple of macOS features from John's article. John says, No single Sonoma feature has had an immediate effect on how I use my Mac as interactive desktop widgets. I want to try this so bad. I want to try this so bad. (laughs) Me too. Especially while with Stage Manager, because clicking anywhere on your desktop hides all of your open windows and activates your widgets in full color. As a Stage Manager user, I'm very excited about this. And i got to hand it to Apple again, like looking at John's screenshots, absolute genius move to do the iPhone widgets thing because mm-hmm. they are just net, like so many Mac apps are just not going to do this. <laughs> like they're just mm-hmm. not going to yeah. do it, but their iPhone counterparts do have them. And so this is just like a genius way. Look at how many widgets John has compared to how many like interactive widgets, like new widget types I've got like on my iPhone. But like this new feature of macOS, like widgets on the desktop, you can just have all of them because you can just, it works, right? Currently. So yeah, I think this is super, super cool. I'm very excited about this. These screenshots all have giant John energy, like so many widgets, so many things so much in, stuff. Yeah, in the yeah. docs. It's uh, so many things happening and i don't even you know like i know some reviewers will like they like they will like pre-fill stuff so like you can show all the features like i feel mm-hmm. like in jason's he has like a similar screenshot where it's just like stuff all over the place to kind of show all the things that can happen yeah but i just feel like that's not faked for john's like that's just what john's preferred desktop is john has actually been working on sonoma since the very first beta at wwdc yeah like it he has two Macs, one for production for doing like audio hijack and podcast yep. stuff, but That's otherwise he's doing too. He it's works on serious. Sonoma uh, like all day, and uh, it's his real setup, and it makes me really jealous because I really want to have those widgets there. I forgot to mention one thing about WatchOS, and I want to mention it in case I forget. So you know they're getting rid of um, the dock feature on the watch that lets you switch the dock from recent to your favorite apps, right? Oh, why? What What are they changing it to? It's just going to be recent. The dock is... No! Oh, no! Why are you making it worse twice? No! Oh, hold on. I'm not I'm not the one to blame here. No, not you. I'm, I'm shouting at Apple. This is not directed at you. So Alex wrote this in the story. The dock is basically... It should be renamed to App Switcher because that's what it is. Um, the dock is going to be an App Switcher for recent apps. But I heard that if you have favorites in watchOS 9, in theory, when you migrate to watchOS 10 at some point, whether it's the beta season or in September, those favorites should become app icons at the top of the home screen. So you will get those favorites they will be placed at the very top of the honeycomb list sort of grid of apps. I gotta say, this didn't work for me. <laughs> this transition, this migration didn't work for me with watchOS 10 beta 1. So I lost all of my favorites. But I heard that in theory, that's the way it should work. But there isn't a way to set new favorites? Uh, I guess you can manually... Well, they're not... The, the concept of favorites is gone. Right? Right. There's no way in settings to say these these are my favorite apps. Like that's uh-huh. gone, gone completely. But to sort of ease the 
transition, <laughs> they're gonna take your existing favorites, and at the very least, they're gonna put them. Yeah, but this at the is so top. strange to me because it's like yes. what you you get a, you get a, like a museum, like whatever your favorite apps were in 2023, they were your favorite apps forever in watchOS, and you'll never be able to change them. That's very strange. I, I get, I get, no, well, no, you can always rearrange, so maybe I'm not explaining myself well. You can still rearrange the grid of apps on the home screen of the watch, however you want. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, that sucks. Like, I, I know what you're t- saying, but that's just like not a helpful thing. They are, they are also tweaking how the grid of apps works. Now, it always starts from the top and it scrolls on a single axis vertically. It, da- it no longer sort of zooms around on the horizontal axis. It's just a vertical grid. And you spin the crown and you just go up and down. Just use the list view. It's ca- it- Yeah, this isn't great. Like, I, I yeah. know what you're saying, like, but this is just like not a great solution. But realistically, for most people, like for me, like I only ever use like four apps on my watch anyway. So yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not sure. going to change, right? But still, anyway... As Steve Jobs once said, back to the Mac. Um, we were saying the John screenshots. Yeah, John screenshots are just a, a wild thing. We will get to the, the best one in a minute. They're the best. But so I've been using Sonoma on a secondary machine, right? I got podcast to record, so I can't put it on my primary. I don't like widgets on the desktop. <gasps> I'm glad they're free of the tyranny of Notification Center, but dashboard was such a good idea like i don't i don't like having them visible all the time and i know they fade out and they sort of color blend but the visual complexity of it is more than i want on the mac and i wish there was a way they could just fly in like they like they used to just use stage manager that's worse (laughs) than everything's flying around (laughs) no you because then you like instead of them flying in you're landing onto them you know it's great anyway that's my take i'm glad they're there but they're in the wrong place. Surely some enterprising developer will will, will make some version of this, right? Maybe. Like, I don't know. It's much harder to like change core system functionality than it used to be. So just just edit a P list. It's no problem. That's not how things work. That is how there's it works. A, there's a P list for everything, and I'm sure somebody will figure it out. Just um, P list. What else is new in Sonoma? I read John's story, and it's still the only thing I remember is widgets. Oh, you can do the you can do the moves on FaceTime, and it, and it shows you the effects. So yeah, thumbs up. This is the there. best screenshot in the article. So John <laughs> is sitting there in front of fireworks, and he says, "You know what you get when you FaceTime with me? Fireworks." <laughs> John, yeah, baby, John. Yeah, John. These video conferencing features look good, though, in general. Like, the presenter overlay, the more screen sharing stuff that, like, there are just... You can use the little green stoplight button to share a screen very easily, to share an app, I should say, very easily. Um, And then there's also that, like, menu bar video conferencing control thing where you can turn on and off those reactions. Um, I really can't wait for the first article that's written about, like, someone getting fired and someone shows a thumbs up and then confetti explodes like that's going to be so great um i look forward to that happening and uh many articles being written about it but they do look good though these features it is also again it's like that slow roll of covid mm-hmm. through these product features like it's still happening mm-hmm. like 
Apple, and uh, like John mentioned some kind of like high bandwidth screen sharing thing yes. that exists now, which I don't really understand what that is, but it's all this like weird little stuff that's existing in a in a in a like post there being a pandemic occurring world. Oh, the this is also in our notes. Safari profiles. I'm very excited about Safari profiles because it's like it's like the evolution of tab groups. So there's also as well as having tab groups, you can have this thing that sits on top of them. And so you can collect up, say, different groups, say like personal and work. But the thing that excites me about the profiles thing is you could be signed into different accounts. Just like in Chrome. So like I could be yeah, so I could be on like Gmail in two different things. But I can't find profiles on my iPhone. So they are supposed to be there. I don't know if they are, but uh, what Apple said is it they're tied to focus modes or you can't tie them to focus modes and they are supposed to be cross-platform. So I don't know if they're just not there yet, but what I read is that they are supposed to be on iPhone and iPad as well. Wait, how do you set up a... Mike is right. How do I you can't set find up- them on the iPhone at all, like... Oh, maybe it's not. Um, maybe it's not in the. Oh yeah, they are in settings. No, 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 no. There, uh, go, Mike. Go to settings, Safari. Scroll a bit, and you're gonna find profiles, and you can create a new profile. Wow. Oh my god, why would you put them here? Why is it here? I don't know. All right, great. Okay, uh, I'm jury's a little out for me on the way that you access tab groups on the iPhone now. That now it's like this scrolling list. Like I'm, I'm. I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. I love it. I think it's much faster than before. Um, I've been I've, like that has grown on me a lot, and even just yeah, um, switching between normal mode and private mode, um, and just uh, right now I have this garden tab group that I've been using for. We're gonna talk about this very soon, but I did a I built with Sylvia. We did it all ourselves an irrigation system compatible with HomeKit, and I am super proud of it and did a lot of research. And I have a tab group for it. And now I think it's really cool how you can just uh, swipe between them. I like the gesture, but I understand why it takes some time to get used to it. My overall kind of feeling on these betas in general is like, this is a good year. There's like a lot Mm. of really interesting stuff. Uh, And I'm, I'm very excited for when all of these... This is going to be one of those years where it is going to take the apps releasing, right? Like, it's one of those years. It's like widget year all over again. You need to be able to experience a lot of different applications, even if you're on the beta, to, like, really experience what, like, interactive widgets can be um, and, like, all, all that kind of stuff. So, But it's it's there's some very exciting stuff here, I think. The one thing I wanted to mention, and again, please don't, don't get upset at me, I'm in case you again. didn't know, in case you didn't know this, but my understanding is that the um, stickers in Tapback is not going to launch with seventeen point zero, but it's coming in Why? an update. <laughs> Why? It's, the stickers in Tapbacks is coming in an update. That's very weird. I wonder if they're using it like the emoji as like a way to get people to update. Probably, the, or it's just not or, ready. I mean, <laughs> or it's just not ready. I've been enjoying the stickers, though. Like, I've been enjoying making stickers. I really like the effects, like the puffy effect and the holographic effect. Like The puffy one is good. It's good. good. Yeah. Like, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I um, took a picture of my mom sleeping. Like, she fell asleep on the couch, and she was kind of snoring. And I took a picture of her. Made a sticker. Yes. 
And I've been uh, been s- sending it to Sylvia for funsies. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a terrib- terrible son. But yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I do this. Like, you know, I have like funny photos of Edina and I turn them into stickers and send them to her. Yeah, exactly. See, and that's what I meant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think iOS as... The, I mean, widgets is the story this year, right? Widgets, standby, um, custom stickers to an extent... Uh, widgets is the main story everywhere, right? On the iPad for the lock screen, on the Mac for the desktop, on the watch. Um, and then I guess the general feeling that I have, and maybe this is an idea that I need to develop further for my review, iOS 17 feels like a grab bag of features, all nice to have taken together, but but really widgets is the story. And then there's every, it's like, it's widgets and then there's everything else. That's the way I look at it. This episode of Connected is brought to you by ZocDoc. Have you ever been on the hunt for a new doctor and you ask everyone you know for their recommendation? I mean, it makes sense. You want a doctor that actually gets you, listens to you, and makes you feel comfortable. And finally, after weeks of searching, you find the one. They meet all your requirements. So you call their office and they have an appointment available. Then, and only then, do you find that they don't take your insurance. Well, don't worry. Head on over to ZocDoc to find and book the doctor who is right for you and takes your insurance. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. And we're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter for the ones who take your insurance or are located near you and treat almost any condition you're searching for. These doctors all have verified reviews from actual real-life patients, not bots. Bots don't need doctors. Patients do. The average wait time to see a doctor booked with ZocDoc is between 24 and 48 hours. That's it, and you can even get same-day appointments. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them with just a few taps, so no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. I think this is a fantastic tool. Finding a new doctor is really hard and time-consuming, and ZocDoc makes it super easy and fast. If you're on the lookout for a new doctor, maybe you moved, maybe you just need to change something up, ZocDoc is the way to go. Head on over to ZocDoc.com connected and download the app for free, then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C, ZocDoc.com connected. Our thanks to ZocDoc for their support of the show and Relay FM. We threaten. We threaten, boys. We threaten. We threaten. I want to get a vibe check from the two of you. Stephen, I want to start with you, actually. How are you feeling about threads? Pretty good. Oh. I think. It's complicated, oh. but overall, <laughs> oh, pretty no, good. No way. Okay. Federico? Vibe check for threads? Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Very good. Okay. Uh, very good. I still feel like personally conflicted a little about the company behind it, but like if you if you sort of isolate the product, we will use Instagram. Like we made our choices. So here's the thing. I feel like I feel like you know me. I've been a pretty vocal critic of Facebook and Meta over the years, but but I have to recognize that there are greater evils and idiots than Meta and Zuck. So, like, you know, sure, it hasn't been my favorite company ever, but they're not the worst anymore. It's sort of the way I look at it. 
Yeah. And Threads is very good. Right? I mean, it's fun. And it's like, the thing is, people are there. So, and brands, but you know. Yeah, that that's one of the things that I'm a little conflicted about. I mean, I echo everything you say about Meta, but it is perhaps the most shocking example to me of the mashup of people I know from the internet and people I know in real life. And mm. those groups aren't always super compatible. And so I find it kind of kind of a strange mix, right? Like I can make a weird tech joke on Mastodon, everyone gets it. But if I do it on threads, then my mother-in-law texts me wanting to know what my joke was about. And that's weird. But was that different to Twitter? Like these people weren't? Twitter had a little bit of it. Okay. It's not a big deal. I just have noticed it. And, and you know, that's probably true for a, a lot of people. Like if you follow a bunch of like creators and influencers on Instagram, then they're like mixed in with your cousins and your, you know, in-laws. That's That's a bit weird. Yes, I, I can imagine why that's strange. From my perspective, I haven't noticed that because none of my real life friends can use threads at the moment. <laughs> of course, yeah. R- yeah. Right. Right. How right. did you do it, Federico? Are you willing to, sh- to, to divulge? My long investment into being, into having a fake US App Store account continues to pay off. After 15 years that I started doing this, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So they're not locking you out? Nope. Like Meta's not locking you out? No, you just got to download the app and you're good to go. In fact, the few Italians I have seen on threads, they've they've done it two different ways. Either my method, which is you have a US App Store account, or there was a test flight link going around for a few days for a Threads test flight beta, which is no longer working, but it was around for a couple of days. And that's how I've seen a bunch of Italian blogs uh, write about that using that link. So they signed up. As long as you have the app on your device, you're good to go. They don't lock you out. I just wanted to share what I thought was a funny thing like about the launch. Because I've heard people reference how like, oh, they were going to launch at such and such time and then, they, and then they brought it up. No, they didn't. They did not. So... They, I think the people at Threads do not understand how iOS App Store pre-order works <laughs> because they set the the like the Threads as a pre-order, right? And it when you looked on like they had that remember that pass thing that was in Instagram like you could go and you could see a name, yeah, it flick around and say like available or whatever. And for me, it was like said like available at seven p.m. or something like that because that was when they wanted to launch it. But they set it as a pre-order on the App Store, which means it was happening midnight my time. There was and there was nothing they could do about that because that's how pre-order in the App Store works. Like it just automatically downloads when the day ticks over. And then like at some point they're like, Hey, we decided to bring the launch forward. It's like, no, you haven't. You somebody realized <laughs> that the app was gonna be available in the United Kingdom and other places, I'm sure. Like, because we were one of the earlier time zones where it was actually available. So I just thought it was like a funny thing that like the day was going to take over and then it was going to become available. And so they just moved the launch up so everyone would get it at the same time. I thought it was very funny. That's how I assumed this whole thing went down because they like I would have gotten the app at midnight, but they were saying it wasn't going to launch for like another seven hours. It's just like that's I don't think that's how that works. But I thought it was funny. Well, I do think there's also there's also a competing story that 
Threads launch was brought up, but by weeks, not the weird App Store thing, but but also that they there saw was, they were they they brought it up and they were going to launch it on the Fourth of July weekend, right or whatever. Then they brought it forward like a day, and then brought it forward apparently by like seven hours. But like those that last one with the hour change of in the same day, I think was because of the App Store thing. Agree. Anyway, yeah, this is pointless. It's just something. It's my little pet theory. Uh, but the way they launched, it, I just think, is awesome and savage. Like how. They just saw the moment and just went for it. And I, I got a lot of respect for like how they just saw a moment and then just mobilized the company and just delivered it. And delivered it to a point where they can support 100 million people in five days, which is just like, I don't even, I don't understand how they were able to make that work and the app be so reliable. Mm. Oh. Well, it's, it's wild how they've scaled to the size that they have so quickly. It is wild, but it's also, it's it's Facebook, you know? So, like, if there's a company that, I mean, it's two companies that know infrastructure really well, I think, Facebook and Google, much more than Twitter, of course, and much more than Apple, maybe. This is what they do, right? This is the, this is what they sell. Yeah. It, it's the, they make a living out of being available, and they run WhatsApp. Probably like, the only tech company that could pull this off, I reckon. Probably, yes. Because I don't think anybody else is so tuned to dealing with this exact problem, right? Like, I, I just, I feel like maybe they're the, the only ones that, that could do this. Like, for me, I'm really looking forward to this proposed following feed. Because I don't follow a ton of people, and so I'm seeing, a, like, quite a lot of, like... um content that they want me to see you know what i mean like i feel like i'm bumping into the algorithm quite frequently yeah, yeah. because my yeah. following count is pretty low and so i get it like i get the idea of showing me stuff and i see stuff that's interesting to me like i, I do but i would also but like i feel like sometimes i'm not seeing the posts from people i follow because they're giving me too much algorithm content and and I'm, i feel like they still gotta yeah they still gotta tune the balance i think too I that. think they have, and it's been better, right? Like, I'm seeing way less stuff that I'm, like, absolutely not in, or actively not interested in, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. like it was just like, a, I'm like, I don't know why you're showing me this, but now I am seeing things that are related to my interests, but not my choice to follow them. Like, I'm seeing a lot of Formula One content, and I don't really follow a lot of Formula One content creators or accounts but like instagram knows enough about but, me but they know but they know that yeah but they know that about you yeah right which they is know fine that you google yeah um yeah. Do, do you get <laughs> in the algorithmic feed do you get uh those um sort of lifestyle influencers on threads yeah i've got i've got quite a few of those and <laughs> like, just like the, the general meme the account, success but. to wealth wake up in the morning like, no, why are you showing me these people there is a I, lot of engagement thirst on threads yes. in like a way I have not experienced on a social platform before. Like there's a lot yeah. of like, hey, share your thing with me, you know? Yeah. Like it, what's yeah. your X, Y, Z? I've yeah. seen a bunch of posts be like, good morning, everyone on threads. What's everyone up to? It's like, yes. are, 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 have you used Twitter at all for the past 15 years? It's well, like, I, really? Federica, I think a lot of these people maybe had have maybe they? have really maybe that, like that maybe that's you know? the thing maybe they haven't maybe yeah. maybe but also the though you know what like for me i prefer that to like oh my god have you seen this news you know but i mean anything i know what i would prefer like, to receive okay, all right all right so anything is literally preferable to nazis 
on a social yeah. network, right? Yeah. So it's a pretty low bar in terms of what kind of algorithmic feed you want to put together. I mean, and that's the one thing that I want to call out about threads is that, you know, at the very least, they have a proper content moderation policy in place. And you cannot say certain things and you cannot show certain things. And they have an actual team of professionals that can handle this kind of stuff instead of just, you know, Elon Musk going on Twitter and being like, you know, saying cisgender is a slur. Like, it's a pretty stark difference in terms mm -hmm. of the kind of policy that they have, these two networks. So, you know, that's, I think, what contributes to my feeling of being like, you know, uh, this is kind of nice compared to Twitter. Because here's the thing. So I read about this this morning. Um, I love Mastodon, right? And, and I have an incredible audience of people there. And I feel very lucky that we moved to Mastodon at exactly the right time with Mac Stories, that we have our own instance that we control and that a lot of tech people are there. And uh -huh. I'm super happy about that as a creator. But as putting myself in the shoes of someone who wants to follow other people, none of the folks I used to follow on Twitter, music Twitter, video games Twitter, Pokemon Twitter, none of those people, none of those content creators ever moved from Twitter to Mastodon. Mm -hmm. And so in going to Mastodon, I feel like I pretty much built a, uh, a following list that was sort of a single topic. I open my Mastodon timeline and all I see is tech, Apple, and Google stuff. And Threads feels refreshing because all the people I used to follow, music, blogs, artists, Pokemon Twitter, video games Twitter, video games journalists, like all of those people are here and they're posting, like they're using it. And I don't have to open Twitter anymore just to check on those folks. I don't have to see the ads that Twitter wants to show me. I don't have to, like, I opened Twitter a couple of weeks ago and I saw a recommended interview with Andrew Tate or some idiot of that kind. It's like, I don't, I don't, I just, it, it's upsetting. It's so bad. It's literally become the hellscape that we always knew it was going to be. And that's why I think Threads is like a, it feels like a positive thing right now. Right now, it, they may ruin it very soon. But right now, in this very moment, it feels like a nice thing to have because it's like, it's what Twitter used to be, but without Elon Musk. And uh, yeah, you know, that's sort of how I would describe it. I, I hope that they're able to do what they are aiming to try and do, which is to set it apart a little bit. Like they're being very like open and clear about how news is not a focus for them. Mm -hmm. Where like, for Twitter, it clearly always was, right? Like, the easiest way to get verified on Twitter at a certain point was to work for a news organization mm -hmm. because Twitter would just ordain anybody who worked at a news organization with verification, right? You just had to work there and you'd get it. And, like, 
And that, I think, pushed a lot of journalists to the platform of all kinds and just like really made Twitter like a thing for news and less about what it was, which was like what's happening, you know, or like what are you up to? What are you doing? Rather than like what news is going on in the world. And I think that there is a distinction there, which I think is pretty important. And so I do hope that like they're able to try and not wait so heavily to news. Like, clearly news will will be occurring and people will be able to share whatever they want. But I just think that there is like a mindset and approach difference, which I think is a better one. Like, I think it's more important really for like people to connect with each other about things that they're interested in rather than having like another place for news organizations to just share their news all the time. Like, we just go to we just go read the news when we want to get the news. Like that that's very much my approach. Like I I'm not saying that people have to be like shut off from the world, but like just go get the news when you want to get the news. Or like hear about the news because your friends spoke about it. Or like, you know, that kind of thing. I feel like that's better than than like, oh here's your for you tab of trending news and here's this news and do you want some more news? Here's some news. Like I I just I think that for me was what really wore me down over on Twitter over time. Uh, and so I, I kind of hope that Threads is able to approach things differently, like not to not have it, right? And it's not like they're like, hey, journalists, go away, right? Like they're not doing that. But it's I think it's just like a, a, a focus difference, which I think is, is, is nice, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too idealistic. Maybe I'm like... I think they're being idealistic and maybe I'm just going along with them, but I just hope that they're able to do something like that. Yeah, I think ultimately any service that looks like Twitter will swing towards news and current events because the format is so good for that. Short form text images, short form video. And so I think that the march of news will happen kind of regardless of whether you want it or not. But... I think at least the way Threads is structured so far, maybe it'll be easier to avoid. Like they don't have a trending thing and maybe they will at some point. I'm sure Twitter algorithmically tailored itself to news. Like I'm not saying to anger. I know a lot of people say to anger and, and I'm not sure that they made that decision purposefully, but I think that the, 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 the site just did it, right? Mm-hmm. But like I think that they weighted news very heavily and maybe if you don't, weight news as heavily like obviously it still breaks in but maybe it's not so prevalent you know what i mean like that that's my hope but whether it it happens or not who could tell time time will tell because i do think this is gonna eat twitter like i think this is it i obviously this is too soon to call but if i was gonna put my money down this is the one it seems like it's gonna be and again, it goes back to the scale conversation. Right? Like, if anyone can do this currently, it's going to be Meta. And building it atop Instagram gave them such a head start. Like, no one's gonna, no one's gonna catch them, not easily. Oh, nobody catches this. Like, I, I, I it's not possible. Surely, right? Like, who could launch a service that would be compelling enough? It, does, it there's no one that can do this. Like. To, to launch a service and it grow to this scale, like, really, if if Meta can't do this, then nobody will be able to do it, I feel like. Right? Like, 
who could launch a new company today in 2023 that's like Twitter and take over Twitter's user base and become the de facto standard? Like, it's just... Mm, yeah. I can't imagine a new company doing it. What, you, was it going to be Blue Sky? You know what I mean? It like, is not. No offense, it is but not like, Blue Sky. It's not going to happen, <laughs> right? Like, like the, it, it's... Meta can do it because they have the social graph already. Like, it already exists. And then they have the ability to tell everyone. Like, I think I saw something where they were like, you know, they, they were super pleased about where they got to because they hadn't even started to promote it in the ways that they can promote it, right? Like, Instagram and the Facebook app, I, I don't know about the Facebook app, I don't use it, but like, Instagram is not very heavy on telling you to go. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think Instagram ever told me that threads existed. No. Right? And so, like, they haven't even done any of that yet. And so, no one has this what they have. And, and I feel like the app is good enough. I feel like they will be able to build an app that is as good, if not better, than the Twitter app, right? And then also, if they do pull, like, go through with the activity pub thing, like, this is a slam dunk. Like, I feel like it's no one can catch this. And I feel like slowly Twitter's just going to fade away to this. Maybe I'm like, you know, hit me back on this in a year, but that's kind of where I'm feeling right now. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you're right. I think there was a there was an opportunity here and Meta took it and yep. they ran with it. And they yep. didn't even try, actually. They just they no. sprinted with it. Mm-hmm. And and it's working. And I, I, I honestly I feel like it, the the way I think this will go is this will hurt Twitter and Mosseri can say whatever they want about like we're not trying to do news. They will do news at some point. And mm. I will be shocked if the way this the way this will shake out in my mind is Instagram will continue to be the place for following your friends and you know celebrities and what they do with reels and stories. But on threads, I think what they will do is they will incorporate the close friends feature. So you will be able to post status updates for just your friends, but you also be able to post updates about like your interests or if you're if you have a website, you know, more Twitter style news updates. Yeah. So I I, I think they, they will have to do that. And they're not doing it now, but I think once they realize, oh, we killed Twitter, well, it's it's obvious, right? Because the, it's it's what they always wanted, right? Uh, with all the different strategies they've tried with Facebook to sort of uh, you know convince publishers to to have content on Facebook, and I, I mean I can name two or three different things they've tried over the years. Uh, remember Facebook Paper, for example, uh, and now they have this massive opportunity because they own the network that journalists want to use. And that press orga- press organizations wants to use, and it's such a sweet, sweet opportunity to pass it up. There is one issue with that, which is governments now trying to convince Facebook to pay publishers, and Facebook are saying we're not going to do that. And so, mm-hmm. like, I think that they don't want to be in the we're working with journalists business, but I think that they will be happy to be in the we provide the pipes business, right? Like. Right. But like I, I can't imagine them starting a, a news organization initiative again. I think they want to be the place where journalists hang out. 
and like break news, but they don't necessarily want to be a publishing platform for their finished work. Like that was kind of the beauty. And I followed a lot of journalists on Twitter, like political journalists, space journalists, obviously a lot of tech ones. I had lists set up for these different groups. And what was great about it is not only did you see like, oh, hey, I have this little tidbit I'm going to share here. And, you know, 20 minutes later, okay, here's the article I wrote, you know, on this website, go check it out. But you also got to see the conversations between the people in these fields. And that's just gone currently. I mean, a lot of that's still on Twitter, but for those of us who aren't, you know, we don't have a place to see that sort of thing. So I think if if Meta can walk that line with threads, I think it'll be it'll be successful in that regard. And like there's already a lot of those journalists who I used to follow on Twitter who have popped up and who are basically treating it like they did Twitter. And that's that's exciting to see. Well, I'm sure we will talk much more about threads over the coming weeks. It's gonna evolve. It's gonna it's gonna change. It's gonna evolve, yeah. It's gonna Evolve into a rich tapestry because it's like a thread. Oh, I didn't get it. Didn't get it. We were trying to avoid the thread puns and just had to go there. Okay. Mm. If you want to find a link to the stuff we spoke about, including all the great coverage of the public betas on Mac Stories and Six Colors, uh, check out the links in your podcast player. They're also available on the web at relay.fm slash connected slash 458. There you can join and become a member to get Connected Pro, which is a longer ad-free version of the show each and every week. And you can also send feedback or follow-up via a form on our website. Links to both are in the show notes. You can find us all online. Mike is the host of a bunch of other great shows here on the Relay FM network, and he is the co-founder of Cortex Brand. You can find Federico's work at maxstories.net, and he is on Mastodon as Vitici at maxstories.net. Mike is also in Mastodon. No, follow me on threads, man. I'm iMike on threads. Follow, okay, follow we're going to do, th- do threads. Um, follow me okay. on threads. Yes. Right. Do threads yeah, now. I want to do f- threads now. Thread me. Mike is iMike at threads. Federico is at Vitici on threads. I am at ISMH86. We're going to talk about that in the pro show. I want to talk about that in the pro show. What happened to your name there? <laughs> a bad thing happened to my name. You can uh, so yeah, so follow us all on threads. You can find my writing at 512pixels.net. And if you're listening to this when it comes out, go check out the Kickstarter. Link is in the show notes. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors this week. They are NetSuite, Squarespace, and ZocDoc. And until next time, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.